Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Those that are praying, just let them keep on praying. Amen. It's not going to hurt one thing. And we're going to preach tonight. Let me say it has been a delight to be here. Thank you, worship team. You have worked hard this week, but you have sure blessed us. Amen. And brought us into the presence of God. And we thank you for it. Hallelujah. I've enjoyed this worship team so much. So much. They bless my heart. Thank you, Pastor and Sister Heather, for being such wonderful hosts and hostess. We appreciate it so much. Thank you, church, for the lovely accommodations, for the meals, for the offerings, for the fellowship. But most of all, thank you for being receptive to the Word of God. Amen. Hallelujah. You've done an excellent job. Let me commend this church. It's been a long time since I've been in a church that has less activity during the service. And I mean walking around. In and out. Somebody has trained you well. And I commend them for doing that. <laughs> Folks, we're in the house of God. And unless, I know it's time is necessary, I understand that, please. But uh, just to get up and roam around is disrespectful to the presence of God. So, church, I commend you. These young people, the children, adults, all of you have just been so respectful. And I appreciate it and thank you so much. I thank you for being here every night. Let me tell you something. I know you folks work all day long. You have to come home. You have families. You have meals to get for them. And I commend you for being here. Thank you so much for being here in attendance. And you know what? Your pastor appreciates it. I appreciate it. But more than that, God's a good bookkeeper. Amen? Hallelujah. You've taken the opportunity. Thank you, visitors, for being here. I know Everdale's here tonight, some of them. And if you're from another church, just lift your hand. Thank you so much. Let's give them a hand. Mag Church, thank you for being here. Amen. We appreciate it so very, very much. Hallelujah. I'm going to preach fast. You listen quick. As I said last night, if you get through before I do, stay with me. Amen. I'm praying we're going to get through at the same time. Hallelujah. Turn with me. To 1 Samuel chapter 17. I'm going to bring you up to where I'm going to read tonight. This is a story of David and Goliath. I mean, we, we love Bible stories where somebody's in trouble. <laughs> David and Goliath, Jonah and the whale, three Hebrew children, Daniel in the lion's den. But you know why we like those stories? Because we know the ending of those stories. So, the army of Israel has been stayed for 40 days because of a giant by the name of Goliath has given a challenge for somebody to come out and fight him. Nobody has moved for 40 days. David, the shepherd boy, his father, asked him to go take supplies to the brothers, David's brothers that's in the war. Go see how the war is going. So David arrives, and he hears the challenge of Goliath, and no one is moving. 
And David questions his brother. What's the situation here? Is there not a cause? And then he says, I'll go fight this giant. And the brothers make fun of him. King Saul makes fun of him. And he says, you can't fight that giant. You're just a lad. And he's a warrior. You can't fight that giant. So let's begin with, in First uh, Samuel 17, let's begin with uh, verse 40. And talking about David. And he took his staff in his hand, chose him five smooth stones out of the brook, put them in a shepherd's bag, which he had even in his scrip, and his sling was in his hand, and he drew near to the Philistine. And the Philistine came on and drew near unto David, and the man that bare the shield went before him. And when the Philistine looked about and saw David, he disdained him, for he was but a youth, and ruddy and a fair countenance. And the Philistine said unto David, Am I a dog that thou comest to me with staves? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. And the Philistine said to David, Come to me. I will give thy flesh to the fowls of the air, to the beasts of the field. Then said David to the Philistine, Thou comest to me with sword and spear and shield, but I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, which thou hast defied. This day. It's time we begin to say, This day. David didn't say, If you're here when I pass through here next week. It's time we say, This day. This day, the Lord will deliver thee into my hand. I will smite thee, take thy head from thee. I will give the carcass of the host of the Philistines to the wild beasts of the earth. And all the earth may know there is a God in Israel. And all this assembly shall know that the Lord saveth not with sword and spear. For the battle is the Lord's. And he will give you into our hands. And it came to pass when the Philistine arose, came and drew nigh to meet David, that David hastened, ran toward the army to meet the Philistine. David put his hand in his bag, took thence a stone, slang it, smote the Philistine in his forehead, that the stone sank into his forehead, and he fell upon his face to the earth. So David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling, with a stone, and smote the Philistine, slew him, but there was no sword in the hand of David. Therefore David ran, stood upon the Philistine, took his sword, drew it out of the sheath thereof, slew him, cut off his head therewith, and when the Philistines saw their champion was dead, they fled. Father, we thank you for fresh oil from the throne of Almighty God. We ask you to anoint us this evening with your power and with your anointing. Father, we thank you for what you've already done in this service, but we thank you for what you're going to continue to do as the word goes forth and takes root in our hearts. Father, we give you the praise for it in thy name. Amen and amen. I want to minister to you tonight on this subject. What did a shepherd boy know that the king of Israel and the Israelite army did not know? The battle is the Lord's. That's what he knew that they did not know. The battle is the Lord's. So I want to minister to you this evening on this subject. The battle is the Lord's. As pastor said tonight, we're in a fight. Folks, we're in a fight, but we have a commander-in-chief, and he certainly knows how to design battle plans. We read this story many times, and it, we read it as a mismatch. There is a definite underdog. But let me tell you something tonight, church. It's not David versus Goliath. It's Goliath versus God. And God wins every time. 
Listen, it's not my circumstance. It's not me versus my circumstance. It's my circumstances versus God, and God wins every time. Amen? So as we get it in our spirit tonight and in our heart, whatever it is you're facing, whatever it is you're going through, the battle is the Lord's. You don't have to make anything happen. You don't have to bring results to pass. But you say, God, I put it totally into your hands. I stay in the fight. I stay with it. But the results is up to you. The battle is yours. And I'm going to begin to rejoice and praise you for the results of what's going to happen in this situation. Amen? The battle is the Lord's. Now, the point of the story is not the mismatch. The point of the story is the words that David said to Goliath when he faced him. He said, you come to me with sword and spear and shield, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, whose armies you defy, and this day, this day, God's going to deliver you into my hands. The battle is the Lord's. Now, folks, I want to tell you something. When you step out and decide you're going to trust God and decide you're going to do something for God, how many know you're going to have naysayers? Five hundred people saw Jesus ascend into heaven, heard him say, the angels say, this same Jesus that's gone will come again. Well, folks, 500 saw it. Well, you know what happened? 380 went home to fix supper. But that didn't keep 120 from going to the upper room and allowing the power of God to fill their lives with the power of the Holy Spirit. You may say, everybody's not hungry for a move of God. Everybody doesn't want a move of God. Well, honey, get you a dirty dozen that does and says, we're going to have a move of God. We're going to seek God. We're going to allow God to move in a fresh way because the battle is the Lord's and it's not mine to bring about results. Amen? Saul said, King Saul said to David, as I told you, you can't fight him. And David said, oh, king, one day a lion and a bear came into my flock. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon me. And I was able to deliver that uh, sheep, lamb, out of the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear. And that same God. That same God is going to deliver this giant into my hands. Folks, is there anybody in the room here that God's ever done anything for? Is that same God? Does he still have all power? Does that same God, does he still move? Honey, he doesn't just move for a generation. He moves because he's faithful. God is with this generation. God is with this generation. God is with this generation. God moves because God is faithful. 
He doesn't just do it because of a generation. He doesn't just do it because of a situation. God does it because he's faithful. And David said the God that did it in the past is still the same God that will work in my situation tonight. Whatever it is, he's still God. I'm trusting him and I'm going to let him work. Oh, in my situation and my circumstances because the battle is the Lord's. Shout now, church. Hallelujah. The battle is the Lord's. And we've got to get this in our spirit. This same God. I want you to hear what I'm getting ready to say. God's actions in our past. How many's got a past? Supports his promises for our future. Despite the circumstances in the present. Let me say that again. God's actions in our past supports his promises for our future, despite the circumstances in the present. Or let me put it this way. Today's situation was included in yesterday's promise, but it's not going to stop tomorrow's fulfillment. Today's situation was included in yesterday's promise, but it's not going to stop tomorrow's fulfillment. Whatever you're facing today, if he made you a promise, it's coming to pass. Whatever it looks like today, whatever's going on today, the promise he made you is still coming to pass. God said to Joshua, as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. As I parted the Red Sea, so will I part the Jordan River. Amen? He does not just do it but once and says that's it. God says, I'm still the God that has all power in heaven and in earth. And if I did it yesterday, I'll do it today. If I do it today, I can do it tomorrow. Amen? The battle is the Lord's. Folks, I'm going to tell you what we're doing. We are laying awake at night. Worrying ourselves about things that we have no control over. How many's ever done that? Honey, if you haven't, pack a lunch, you will. <laughs> that's what we're doing. And that's not God's plan for our life. God's plan is for us to have peace. And we can't bring anything to pass, we can't make anything happen. Where the others was fearful. You know what David saw? Another lion and a bear. That's what he saw. Why? Because the battle is the Lord's. My husband had a place to come out on the side of his head, just a big seed board, huge, size of a silver dollar. And I said, Daddy, that's taking over your forehead. We're going to have to go to a dermatologist and see about this. And he said, no, we won't. He said, I'll tell you what we'll do. We're going to pray tonight, and in the morning, it'll be gone. Boy, sister, I'm looking for that kind of faith. How many is longing for that? I want to tell you about my wonderful husband. He's gone on to be with the Lord. But where God had put a period in the word of God, my husband never put a question mark. I'm the Lord that healeth thee. 
period. By his stripes we are healed, period. My God shall supply all of my needs, period. Where God's placed a period, don't you put a question mark. And he said in the morning, it'll be gone. Honey, we went and prayed, went to bed that night. I mean, we woke up the next morning and his forehead was as slick as a ribbon. We tore the bed apart trying to find that wart. Never did find it. We tore that bed up. Springs, mattress, everything. And I said, Daddy, where did it go? He said, I have no idea, but it doesn't matter. It's gone. You know what he knew? The battle was the Lord's. And folks, we got to get to back to believing in that kind of supernatural God. God, one that I can't explain, but one that I can say, God, I know that you're able. I trust your word. I stand on your promises. Folks, God's word's not bound by time or circumstances. When he makes you a promise, it will happen. God said to Abraham and Sarah, you're going to have a child. How many knows it didn't happen the next nine months, but did it happen? Folks, we've got to get this in our spirit and in our heart. God's word is not bound by time or circumstances. The battle is still the Lord's. When Elisha received a double portion of Elijah's power, Elisha, Elijah, worked so many miracles. I think it was about seven that was worked through him. Many surrounded him. If Elisha received a double portion, we think he should work how many? Fourteen. You're good at math, brother. <laughs> Fourteen. Well, do you know what happened? Elisha died after the thirteenth miracle. But I can't wait to hear what I'm going to say next. I can't wait to hear what I'm going to say next. You're always following me, brother. One day there were some buddies on their way to bear, uh, bear their buddy. Friends on their way to bear their buddy. They saw the enemy coming. They became afraid. So you know what they did? They dumped their buddy in the first hole they could find. It happened to be the grave of old prophet Elisha. And when those bones hit the corpse of, the, of that old prophet, folks, that corpse came to life when it hit the bones of that old prophet, and those bo that uh, corpse came to life, and that old prophet turns over in his grave and said, there's my 14th miracle. Amen. Hallelujah. God's word's not bound by time or circumstances. Hallelujah. When he speaks, it will be so. Time may march on, but the promise is still going to come to pass. Why? The battle is still the Lord's. Amen. And he knows how to do, when to do, where to do, what to do. Father, as we get it in our spirit and in our heart. Folks, I want to tell you something. Fear is a culprit that keeps us from trusting God. We're losing our sense of dependency on God. If I can do it within myself, I'm going to do it. And we need to say, God, the battle is yours. I'm going to trust you. I'm going to let you be God in this situation. Because let me tell you, my talent, my ability, my giftings is not good enough. And one day, it will not bring a positive outcome. <laughs> but I've got to say, God, my dependency is on you. I'm going to trust you. 
And folks, it keeps us from fear and failure when we're trusting Almighty God. God, the battle is yours. I don't bring anything to pass. I don't make anything happen. I've said to some pastors before, Pastor, how come y'all don't have any altar services, altar calls? Well, I'm afraid nobody will come. You're not called to make them come. That's not your problem. You're called to give them an opportunity to come. God didn't call you to save them. He didn't call you to heal them. That's his department. Just giving them an opportunity to come. Fear of failure. Folks, I'm going to tell you something. Success in God's eyes is not like it is in our eyes. You know what he says? Well done, thou good, and all he wants you to do is be faithful. That's all. And we've got to say, God, the battle is yours. We're going to let you do the work. We're going to let you have your way. My husband and I went to First Assembly in Radcliffe in 1978. We began to grow. God began to bless. We began to grow. Not because of us. One plants another waters, and God gives the increase. What a revival this world could have if nobody cared who got the credit. He gets the glory. We had outgrown the facility we were in. So we'd purchased 17 acres of property about a half a mile from the facility where we were located. And the city said to my husband, Reverend, we're not, uh, that's not zone commercial. We're not going to run shore lines or water lines down on that property. And my husband said to me, I know that's the property God told me to buy. I know that's the property. So he said to me one day, honey, let's agree together that God will open the door for us to build or send somebody in here that can. We started praying on a Friday. The following Friday, we went to Elizabethtown, Kentucky, a town near where we pastored to make hospital calls. When we finished with our hospital calls, my husband said, Honey, would you like to go get something to eat and you won't have to cook when you get home? Now, cooking is not my ministry. And I hate to get out of the will of the Lord. I try to stay in his will. So I readily agreed. So we went to this little restaurant that served home-cooked meals. We had just gotten our meal. And a gentleman walked up to our table, and he said, Excuse me, I have a word from the Lord for you. Now, folks, we don't take every word that goes around. You've got to know you're hearing from God. My father used to say to us children, Anybody with horse sense has a stable mind. <laughs> You'll get that in a minute. <laughs> my husband looked at this gentleman and said, Say on. He looked at my husband and he said, Sir, Stay where you are. You're in the will of God. God's about to shine a light through the end of the tunnel. You're about to experience a victory you never thought was possible. Stay where you are. You don't have to make anything happen. He said, this is up to God. He left. Waitress said to my husband, did you know him? He said, no, ma'am, but I needed what he had to say. And I said to my husband, I'm going to find out who he is. And he said, honey, take it from the Lord and let it alone. I'm not made that way. I chased him across the parking lot. How many believes I would do that? You folks learn very quickly. 
<laughs> so <clears throat> I stopped him. He was in a, how many remembers people that had station wagons? How many remembers a station wagon? He was in a station wagon. For you younger people, a station wagon is kind of a car that's extended. And sometimes it had wood on the side of it. But it's a little bit longer than a regular car. And I think you could see, what, about seven people, maybe eight people in it. So that's a station wagon. So anyway, I said to him, sir, I appreciate you obeying God. My husband and I pastor. And he said, I don't need to know who you are. I said, could I have your name and address? He said, ma'am, I had a message to deliver from the Lord. I've delivered it and I'll be on my way. I looked at him and said, you could be an angel. He smiled at me and said, could be. Got in a station wagon, drove off. I took his license number. <laughs> I don't stop. <laughs> Montgomery County, Kentucky. Now, we had a policeman in our church. I took that license number and I said, Sergeant Lockhart, take this, put it on the computer and tell me who it belongs to. He came back in a couple days, tears rolling down his face. And he said, Sister Tennyson, I checked the county, the city, and the state. There's no such number in the state of Kentucky. What do I believe? The one that says the battle is mine. Dispatched an angel from the portals of glory. Sent him into a restaurant to give us a message. Somebody said, any angel, why didn't he have wings on? Honey, it cleared me and the restaurant out with me. Amen? God doesn't come to make a show. God comes to bring a message. Amen? He doesn't come to make a show. He comes to bring a message. Two days after that happened, sister, the mayor calls and said, Reverend, we had a uh, meeting last night, council meeting last night, and we have zoned your property commercial." We're running sewer lines and water lines on that piece of property. And he said, you can build whatever you want to build. On that property is a church that seats a thousand people and two school buildings on that property. What am I saying? As the gentleman came into the restaurant and said, the Lord will make it happen. The battle is the Lord's church. It's the Lord's. And I don't have to make anything happen. I don't have to work anything up. I don't have to be embarrassed because it didn't happen. Folks, God didn't call me to defend the word. He called me to stand on it. Amen. God will defend his own word. I don't have to defend the word. All I have to do is stand on the word of Almighty God and let God do the work in our situation. The battle is the Lord's. And we're wearing ourselves out trying to make something happen. Instead of saying, God, I totally put it in your hands. I'm going to sit back and do what I need to do, but I'm going to let you do the work. I don't have to make it happen. Let's go on real quick. What did Gideon know that the armies, the Midnight Army did not know? Somebody said it. You're right, Heather. Thank you. The battle is the Lord's. How many knows he started out with 32,000? And God said, you got too many. Whittle it down. 
Let me say something tonight to you, church. Loss is painful, but what you got left is powerful. Amen? Loss is If you don't believe it, ask Gideon. Loss is painful, but what you got left is powerful. And you know why he said Gideon whittled it down to 300? Listen, folks, if 32,000 people had won that war, they would have taken credit for it. And God says, I want the glory for everything. Amen? I want the glory. 300 people defeated that army. And God received the glory. Why? The battle is the Lord's. Let's go on. What did Moses know that Pharaoh and his army did not know? You're about to get it. The battle is the Lord's. The battle is the Lord's. You know, Moses had three decisions to make. Three choices at the Red Sea. He could fight at his own strength. He could surrender to the enemy. Or he could trust in the power of God. How many of us we have those same three choices? We can fight in our own strength. We can surrender to the circumstances and say, well, I don't like this statement. You may say it, and you'll think of me every time you say it. How many of you have heard people say, well, it is what it is. Honey, it's not. It's what God says it is. It's not it is what it is. It's what God says it is. It's not what the doctor says it is. It's not what the banker says it is. It's not what my friend says it is. Folks, it's what God says it is. Amen? It's what God says it is. So we can say, I'm going to surrender to the circumstances. I'm going to try to fight this in my own strength. Or I'm going to trust God that has all power in heaven and in earth and is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or think according to the power that's working within us, folks. We need that power working in us. According to that power that's working in us. You know what keeps a submarine up and going? It's because the pressure on the inside equals the pressure on the outside. You know what keeps us up and going? He that's within me is greater than the pressures that's on the outside of me. Amen? He that's within me is greater. And we need to get these things in our spirit and in our heart. God, we're going to let you do the work. The battle is yours. My husband came from the state of Texas. I wanted to give you time to celebrate. How many ever heard of the city of Abilene, Texas? You ever heard of Abilene, Texas? He was from Abilene, Texas. To the state of Kentucky in 1968 to preach revivals. Well, all revivals were closed or canceled because of the weather. We had a horrible winter. And he came in the wintertime. So he, had, he was staying with his pastor friend in Taylorsville, Kentucky. One day the pastor friend said, Brother Tennyson, I'm going to Louisville, Kentucky, to a minister's institute. Dr. C.M. Ward is preaching the institute. Would you like to go with me? He said, I would. And the devil had said to my husband, God is through with you. He's not going to use you anymore. All the doors are closed. And my husband said he was almost in a state of depression. 
I'm sure he wasn't depressed a day after he met me. What do you think? <laughs> Thank you, brother. That's confirmation. <laughs> I'm sure I kept his life exciting. Don't you think so, Pastor? Yeah, yeah I am too. <laughs> More excited sometimes, I think, than he wanted. <laughs> but he said he was almost in depression. Because the enemy kept, you know what? The battleground of Satan is our mind. How many know, how many's ever had him to torment your mind? So he said, Dr. Ward was already speaking when they got there. He said they hadn't been seated very long, and he stopped. And he said, the Holy Spirit has prompted me to tell some young man, I don't know who you are, but I'm going to tell some young man this. The enemy is telling you that God's through with you, that all doors are closed, and he's not going to use you anymore. But he said, young man, let me tell you something. God's going to use you to bring a church through the worst tragedy a church has ever suffered. He's going to use you for that. You stay faithful, and he'll use you to bring a church through a tragedy that you cannot imagine. For you that may not know, while we were pastoring First Assembly in Radcliffe, our church bus was hit at all by a drunken driver, resulting in the deaths of 27 people. We lost 24 young people and three staff members. My precious husband preached 16 funerals in 48 hours. But he said, young man, you hold on. You be faithful. God's going to use you. God's going to use you. And said the Lord, my husband said, the Lord said to him, son, I'm speaking to you. The battle is mine. You hold on and you be faithful. And I will see you through whatever situation you're facing and will face. What am I saying? My husband could have surrendered to the circumstance. He could have given up and said, I'm going back to Texas. Look what he'd have missed. <laughs> Look what I'd have missed. <laughs> but folks, he said, I'm going to trust in the power of God. Why? The battle is the Lord's. And too many times we allow the enemy to torment us, to have us to give up, to think there's no use. And folks, when we need to say, I serve one that's in charge, that's in control. Honey, he walked on the water, he walked in the fire, he raised the dead, he healed the sick, he took five loaves and two fish, and in the disciples' hands there were five loaves and two fish, but in the master's hands they became a fast food chain. Amen? Oh, his name is Jesus, the son of the living God, and that's who we serve tonight. And the battle is the Lord's. It's not mine to have to figure out. It's not mine to have to bring to pass. But it's His as we stand and obey Him. As we say, God, I'm going to be faithful. I'm going to let you work this out in your way, in your time, because you know what is best. You see the whole picture, and I only see the partial. Amen? 
My will can be perverted, but your will is perfect, God. And I'm going to stay and let you work it out in your way and in your time. Let's go on. What did Daniel and the three Hebrew children know that the kings did not know? you good deal. Who was that? Is that you? You're doing a good job back there. The battle is the Lord's. The king said a decree. If you pray to any other, if pray to any other God besides ours for 30 days, you're going to be put into the lion's den. Daniel says the battle is the Lord's. He kept on praying. Results is up to God. I want, if you don't know, get anything else in your spirit tonight. I want you to have this in your spirit. Results is up to God. Results is up to God. I don't have to bring it to pass. Results is up to God. They, they threw him into the lion's den. And folks, there's no humanly way impossible he could have gotten out. Because of the stone over the mouth of the den. Because of the king's seal that was on the den. And because the king's decree could not be revoked, not even by the king. But it wasn't Daniel that lost sleep. How many, and I'm going to preach to myself tonight. How many of you know it's not God's will that we lose sleep? It's not. He wants us, the word says, to lay down in peace and sleep. That's what he says. Next morning, the old king came to the den and hollered down. Daniel, was your God able? He said, not only was he able, but he did. Hallelujah, but he did. Shut the mouths of the lions. Why? Daniel knew the battle was the Lord's. Three of her children going into a fiery furnace. You know why they were not burned? It's because they were hotter than the fire that is in. Amen? Folks, when we get a hotter than the fire we're in, we're not going to be burned. Amen? Oh, the old king said, did we not throw three in there? And they said, yay, old king. And he said, boys, we got trouble. Oh, there is four walking around in the midst of the fire and the form of the fourth looks like that as a son. Whoa, of Almighty God. Shout now, church. Amen. Hallelujah. The battle is the Lord's. And he wants to bring you out of your situation and your circumstance. Stay with it. Stay with the fight. He's commander-in-chief. And results is going to be up to him. So stay with it. Hallelujah. All right, let's finish up. King Hezekiah received a letter from the king of Assyria. Other gods have fallen before me. Who do you think your God is? King Hezekiah said, I don't have an answer for this, but I'm going to take this letter and lay it before the Lord at the altar. I'm going to let God give an answer. How many knows there's times we've got to let God give the answer? We don't have an answer. We've got to let God give the answer. Uh, we were doing a revival in Rome, Texas. Anybody ever heard of Rome, Texas? Does anybody know where Rome, Texas is? It's up in Fort Worth, I think, is it not? Doing a revival, my husband and I, in Rome, Texas. Sunday evening, we were, the pastor gave us the offering. And he said, well, there's a blank check in this offering. Young businessman came up and said, yes, pastor, I put it in there. 
He said, if Brother Tennyson ever gets in problem financially, I want him to take that blank check, fill it out, sign his name, call me, and tell me who he's writing it to, the number of the check, the amount of the check, sign his name, I'll call my banker, and have them to approve it, make it good. And pastor said, you know what you're doing? He said, I do. I've heard from God. I know what I'm doing. So it wasn't a few weeks. We was in Tennessee, I think it was, staying in evangelist quarters. My husband said, and we were really in financial straits, really. Bills that need to be paid, and we didn't have the money to pay them. He said, I'm going into the sanctuary to pray. And he said, I took that check out of my wallet, laid it on the altar, and said, God, I believe that young man means what he says. If I write this check, he'll make it good. But if I fill it out, it's a one-time thing. If you fill it out, I can use it again. When he was finished praying, he came back to the quarters where we're staying, and the pastor had brought the mail. And in the mail was the amount of money we needed to pay the bills. Now, I want to tell you something. I still have that check. That check has paid thousands of dollars worth of bills. Every time we need something, Brother Brandon, we would take that check out, lay it before God, and say, God, we need you to write, fill out this check. Here's what we need. Folks, there's times we don't have an answer. How many knows that? We don't have an answer. But we lay it before God. And we say, God, I don't have an answer for this. Hezekiah said, I don't have the answer for this. But God, I'm going to lay it before you. And I'm going to let you bring the answer. You know what happened? Oh, the prophet Isaiah came and told him, God is going to save the city for the namesake of his and the namesake of his son David. And the next morning, 189,000 soldiers lay dead around the city Assyrian soldiers never to return what am I saying folks we've got to say the battle is the Lord's amen and I've got to let God work it out I've got to leave the results up to him and say God it belongs unto you my father retired from Fort Knox Kentucky he worked for civil service all my life he was, he was hired during World War II at the end of the war, they came to the shop one day and said, here's a pink slip. The war's over. You're a temporary employee. We don't need you any longer. You don't have a job after Friday. My precious daddy was a man of God. On his break, he took that pink slip around the back of the shop, and he said, God, they say I don't have a job, but they didn't give me this job. You gave it to me. I want to tell you something, folks. Let me listen to my heart tonight. We feel like we can improve on having church. But I want you to know some of those old-timers that had church knew how to get a hold of God, Pastor. Are you hearing me? Some of those people had a walk with God. Some of those people had a touch of God on them. And things happened. 
when they sought God. And he said, you didn't, they didn't give me this job. You did. God, they can't take it unless you allow it. They can't do it. He went back to work after his break. Three o'clock that afternoon, Colonel came through the shop and said, is your name Wayman Allen? He said, yes, sir, it is. Mr. Allen, did you receive a pink slip this morning? He said, yes, sir, I did. He said, well, sir, hand it to me. He said, the captain came to me a few minutes ago and said, Colonel, we laid off 5,000 people today, and we laid off one too many. One too many. That's not a coincidence. That's an act of God. That's an act of God. And he said, the captain gave me a list of 5,000 names. I don't know you, don't know anything about you, never met you till now. But, sir, I went over that list twice. And every time I came to your name, I felt compelled to check it. You come back here Monday. He retired after 30 years from that place. What am I saying, folks? When we say, God, the battle is yours. I don't have to make anything happen. But what I've got to do is trust you. Now, let me tell you something. I'm going to be as honest with you as I know how to be. Folks, we can ask God for a financial blessing when we've tithed. I know it's getting quiet in here. A lot of people don't talk during surgery. <laughs> I was preaching on tithing one time, and a gentleman said to me in the audience, out loud while I was preaching, I was talking about giving God 10%, and the gentleman said to me, Sister, what will God do for 5%? I said, Brother, God don't do windows for less than 10. <laughs> That's all he does windows for. But I'm going to tell you something. We've got to walk. If we're going to ask God to meet our need, to answer our prayers, we need to walk in obedience according to the word of Almighty God. We've got to do it. So we've got to say, God, the battle is yours. I'm going to quit wearing myself out. I'm going to quit struggling with this, and I'm going to let you work in this situation. I'm going to let you do the work. Folks, the God that drowned Pharaoh's army, the God that fell the walls of Jericho, the God that shut the mouths of lions, that God that walked in the midst of the fire is still the same God tonight that has all power, that wants to work in your life, not because of a generation, but because he's still faithful. And if you will say, God, the battle is yours, I'm putting Putting this in your hands. I'm tired of struggling with it. I'm tired of fighting with it. I'm tired of worrying over it. I'm tired of doubting it. But God, I'm going to put it in your hands tonight and I'm going to let you be God in my circumstance and in my situation. Amen? Amen. I didn't hurt you, did I? No, ma'am. Good. In my situation, I'm going to let you be God. Folks, we've got to get back to believing in an all-powerful God, one that is able one that I cannot explain. I'll tell you this and hush up. Our son, I may have told you this before, our son was going to Fuller to receive his Ph.D. degree. He called me one day, and he said, Mom, I need you and Dad to pray. I'm going to have 
do some of the most difficult tests you'll ever take academically. They're called comprehensives. And if I don't pass these tests, I'm out of this program. He said the tests are from 1 to 4, California time, Friday, Wednesday and Friday, 1 to 4 California time the next week, Wednesday and Friday. I said, son, the first week we're off. We'll be praying for you. Is he okay? We'll be praying for you. The next week we're in Montana doing the district family camp. We're off in the afternoon. So we'll be praying for you while you're taking the test. On a Friday, when he was taking his last test, I called him. And I said, son, I want to have prayer with you before you go in. We prayed together. And then he said, if I could just hear from my dad today, it would give me the confidence I need. Now, our son loves his mother, but he adored his daddy. You would, too, if you was this one like this. Come over here, baby. I really need to whip you, honey. <laughs> That's as excited as he ever got. I am not there. You know I mean business. But that's as excited as you ever got. If I'm just here from my dad today, it'll give me the confidence I need. I said, son, your dad left early this morning flying out to Roanoke, Virginia to do start another camp meeting. I'm going to finish up this camp, then join dad. And I said, he won't land till after the test. And my son said, Mom, I hear the circumstances, but I've prayed for God to let me hear from my dad before I go in. And I hear a voice speaking louder than my circumstance. Can anybody hear that voice tonight? I said, okay, son, just telling you. When he got back from taking the test, he called me. I said, son, how do you think you did? He said, I think I did well. But dad called. I said, he did. He hadn't even called me. He said, Mom, I was locking my apartment door. The phone began to ring. And before I could get in to answer the phone, the answer machine came on and cut off. And Dad said, Son, just called to tell you I'm thinking about you today. I'm praying for you today. I've got confidence in God and in you, and you're going to make it. Don't worry. You're going to make it. I want to stop here and tell you something. Everything that my husband ever told me would happen came to pass before he died. Now, that's a true prophet. Everything. Whatever he said was going to happen, it happened before he passed away. And he said, son, you're going to make it. Don't worry about it. You're going to make it. I said, son, that's wonderful. When my husband calls me, I said, Daddy, it was wonderful you were able to call Alan today. He got real quiet on the other end of the line. He said, Honey, I didn't call anybody today. I just stepped off the plane, opened my briefcase, turned on my phone, and called you. I call our son back, and I say, What number's on your caller ID? I need it and I want it. <laughs> He said, his dad's cell phone number. He said, let me play you the message. And as plainly as my husband ever talked, he gave our son that message. 
Now, when my husband receives his cell phone bill, there's a call from his number to our son's number on that date, at that time, for one minute. You see, God won't even cheat the telephone company. <laughs> Folks, you may say, how can that happen? How can a phone turned off in a briefcase overhead in the luggage compartment, how can it call a number in California, get the right number, use a dad's voice, speak to an answer machine? How can it do it? Look at me. We still serve a supernatural God. I can't explain that to you in the natural. Well, what I can explain to you is he's still a supernatural God. And folks, we as the people of God are going to have to get back to believing in a supernatural God. When we advertise out here in front who we are, they need to see some results when they get inside of a building that the power of God is in this place, in people, and God is moving, and prayers are being answered. People are being healed. People are being set free. People are being saved. People are being filled. Folks, we, they've got to see the results of a testimony that says there is a God still working among those people in that place and a fresh and a real way and let me tell you something they will say as I said before don't take me to the hospital take me to Mauriceville Assembly of God in Mauriceville Texas those people know how to pray and when they pray something begins to happen amen hallelujah God why we're still serving a supernatural God the battle is the Lord's the battle is the Lord's Quit trying to make it happen. But say, God, we're trusting you. We put it in your hands, and we're going to let you make it happen. Shepherd boy knew that the battle was the Lord's. Gideon knew that the battle was the Lord's. Moses knew that the battle was the Lord's. Daniel and the three Hebrew children knew that the battle was the Lord's. King Hezekiah knew that the battle is the Lord's. And we've got to get that back in our spirit tonight, church. And it's time that we as Pentecostal people begin to show that the power and the anointing of God is working in us and through us. If we don't begin to show that, and once again, you know what we're going to be doing? We're going to be guarding ashes instead of keeping the flame. And we've got to show that the power of Pentecost is still working within us. Ashes is the residue that's left after there's been a fire. We need to be keeping the flame. If we don't, we're going to raise a generation that does not know the power of God. And we need to say we are believing in a supernatural God. We're believing that the battle is His. And we're going to keep this fire burning and knowing that God is still alive. And when they come into this auditorium, they will feel the presence and the anointing of God. They may not know how to explain it, but they will begin to feel something they've never felt before. Amen? Why? Because the battle is the Lord's. We're going to let Him work. Amen? Because He lives. Can you sing that? Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed for just a moment.
Let me ask you a question, as I always do. Is there anyone, and you don't know that Jesus I talked about tonight as Lord and Savior, but you want to know him before you leave this place? Can I see your hand anywhere? Anywhere. I want to make sure. Thank you, sweetheart. Anyone else? I don't know him as Lord and Savior, but I want to know him before I leave this place. How would we say, I don't know him as baptizer in the Holy Spirit, but I'm hungry for the baptism. I'm hungry for the Spirit. Folks, we're still Pentecostal people. And I'm hungry for that tonight. I just want to make sure, anywhere in the building, I want to make sure. Thank you, thank you. Hallelujah. How many would say with me tonight, there's some things that I need to turn over to God and leave them in His hands and let Him work them out? all over this building, all over this building. I've been trying to make things happen. I've been trying to bring things to pass. And it's just not working. But I'm going to turn it over to him tonight and let him do the work in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Go ahead. We're coming to pray. Because he lives I can Tomorrow Because he lives Because he lives All fear is gone All fear is gone Because I know Hallelujah Because I know Oh, they called him Jesus. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. He came to love. Heal and forgive. Oh, to heal and to forgive. A greater state He lived and died. To buy my pardon. To buy my pardon. An empty grave. Hallelujah. Oh, Lord. in an empty grave is there to is prove. there to prove my Savior lives. Hallelujah. Because He lives. I can face tomorrow. I can face tomorrow yes God because he lives all fear is gone because I know because I know worth 
the living just because he lives. One that lifted your hand for the baptism, if you'd like to come, the one for salvation, if you would like to come, we'd like to pray with you tonight. We'll let you come first. This young man lifted his hand. For, you want to come on, hon, for salvation? How many wants to lead him to the Lord? Kneel right there, sweetheart. Amen. Hallelujah, Jesus. Here's what I'm going to ask the rest of you tonight. It says, Where any two shall agree on earth as touching any one thing, it shall be done. Let me ask you to do this tonight. If you have a companion in this building, I want you to take them by the hand. Do you have a companion in this building? I want you to take them by the hand. If you don't, I want you to find a friend and take them by the hand. Find you a friend. The Lord has just spoken to my heart. If two of you will agree on something tonight that you're struggling with, if you will agree, God said tonight, hear me, tonight, he's going to start something from heaven for you tonight. The battle is his. Find you a partner. Take them by the hand, your child, your friend, your companion, and I want you to come forward. Stand across the front here. Come on. Come forward. Hallelujah, Jesus. closer if we can. Thank you. I'm going to let them all get on up here tonight. Now for just a moment, whoever you're holding their hand, you look at them and you all agree on what you're praying for tonight. You all talk it out. What are you praying for tonight? I want you to agree. You're in the same agreement. What is it we're praying for tonight? You agree. I want you to know to be focused on what we're praying for tonight. And the Lord said if you would agree with one another, he's going to do it. Now all you have to do, and you've done it, you've stepped forward, you've come in agreement, now the rest is up to God. You don't have to make anything happen. He's going to do it. You can lay down in peace and sleep tonight knowing that he's going to do it. Now I want you to begin to pray with one another. Come on, go ahead. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, God. <laughs> go ahead. Hallelujah, God. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, honey, call out to him tonight. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, God. We agree together. We're praying with one another. Father, we're believing you for this tonight. Hallelujah, we're believing for results, God. Oh, the battle is yours. You're going to bring it to pass. In the name of Jesus, hallelujah, 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 
God. He called the Lalabosana. Lift your hands, sweetheart. Begin to praise him. Hallelujah, Jesus. God. Oh, where two shall agree on earth as touching any one thing, it shall be done. Hallelujah, God. We agree tonight. 